Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, and today, what's up, big worm? <laughs> today we're talking about Minute 107, which begins with the arrival of the Leviathan and ends with Thor confronting Loki. Back on the show, we have Ryan Bennett from Black Girl Nerds. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm definitely afraid of what's about to come out of the sky. But thanks for having me anyway. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. No, this is, uh, you know, the, we end the last minute uh, yesterday with a great cliffhanger as far as this ominous sound coming from the sky. And, you know, it was a perfect place to end the minute because the beginning of this one, we actually get the reveal. And it is this giant space worm. According to the art of the Avengers, this is how they described it. A giant armored space creature serving as interdimensional troop transports for legions of foot soldiers who emerge from the scaled sides of these biomechanical beings. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, okay. Let's. Yeah. If we can. Try to jump back to when we first saw this movie. What do you recall thinking when you saw these giant, uh, you know, metallic space worms coming out of the sky? Ooh, I think I was just like, what is that? I was just because it's like with these Avenger movies, they can always put a, for me, it feels like a combination of a monster. It's like big enough where it gives you that Godzilla impact, but it's like, what is it encased in? Do they punch it? What can they shoot it with? Like, how do you get these things back into the sky like quickly? Yeah. So I think when I just was like mystified when I first saw them, like now we have a time to ingest it and they've had like crazy villains ever since. But I think the first time I saw it, I was like, have they lost their minds? Like, how do you defeat something like this in the middle of New York? Like they already tore up half the streets. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? And then like the innocent people, like seeing them run and you're like, you got no chance. Like you like <laughs> everybody, you know what I mean? Like it just, it just feels so overpowering is what I remember yeah. from the first time looking at it. Do you like it as, as far as creatures go? all right it's a little like it's a tad too destructive you know what i mean but uh-huh. you know it's 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 a good like it's a good time it's a good imax time if you see it in a certain if you see it in a certain screen it's a good time you know what i mean too but destructive it's, but it's a good hang you know it's a good hang it's too destructive for my taste well that but then was... you got thanos down the line so you know what never mind i'll just take these i'll take these it's fine it's fine this that was what I what I the first thing I thought. Well, first of all, it's disgusting. I think that there is this thing when these other <laughs> beings start popping out of its side. Like I still say, like I know you say troop carrier, but there's a little part of me that's like, are they like being born right now? Is are they is that thing like <laughs> laying those warriors on those buildings? Because that's straight up gross. And then you start seeing the kind of just casual destruction it's doing to the buildings, and that was. I remember being shocked about this part of the sequence that I know we just destroyed some pavement down below, but this thing is casually knocking entire like skyscrapers down just by being present. And I thought that is that's something I did not expect to see in an Avengers movie. I did not expect to see the level of destruction they're trying to put on this screen. I thought they're they're really going someplace with this. I don't know where it is, but it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, especially again, New York City, like is this the right city to be doing this sort of destruction in? Uh, but you know, I, it, it's it it is. They uh, they really wanted to make sure that it was here. You know, bringing the people together. 
Again, what was our alternative choice? I think it was like Boise. The Battle of Boise. The Battle of Boise. It doesn't. We hold were up debating quite as between well. Battle of Boise or the Battle of Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Because <laughs> then, oh, then we get yeah, man. Yes. Oof. Yes. Yeah. Right. And uh, alliteration. So. Oh yes, we like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, with these Leviathans, I guess the thing that I always felt with this movie is I always had a problem with the Chitari anyway, because it's always, is it, is it metallic? Is it a, like, what kind of creature is it? It's really hard to tell. Is it wearing a mask or is that thing its face? I don't really know. And then this thing comes out and it's like, okay, are these all part of a, a, a species together? Cause as you said, Pete, it's like, is this the like the 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 queen and it's birthing all of these Jatari all over the place? Like, as it kind of seems like that's what yeah. it's doing. It's it's very peculiar and and uh, to that end, it's uh, yeah. There's there's some weird elements to it. So it's uh, but it is kind of uh, fun in its own creepy way to kind of watch what it's doing. I do wonder as all these Jatari kind of launch out of its sides. It's like I, I don't fully understand the mechanics because it looks like it launches them and it looks like they're tethered. That's like they've their, got a rope that's tied the, to them. No, no, no. We call that the, the umbilical, umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Because yeah. then, because this is why, why I'm asking, because initially it looks like they're tethered in and they're going to, I don't know, I guess initially I thought they would just like swing down and then come down, but they jump across. It's like they're launched out of the side of the Leviathan and they land and grab onto the buildings and then like start clambering down. But the umbilical cords, we'll just go with that. They all like <laughs> pop off and it's like they're not tethered. And that's the thing that's so strange is like, is that thing somehow launching them? I guess. I, and I just don't really understand what the point of that stringy thing is. But it, it, that I think speaks exactly to the point that these are. <laughs> being birthed out of egg sacs that are <laughs> along the underside <laughs> of, the, 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 of the Leviathan. Who knew? It's an, that... it's an activation sequence. Yeah, like, you know, just right. when you had enough, oh, we got five more kids at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it never stops. It's so, it's so scary because it just doesn't stop. You like, you would think at some point there's enough of them, but it's like, they just keep coming, keep coming. It's just like this endless, like, terror and you're like you know there's only a certain amount of vengeance right like i was gonna take it all these things at one time yeah right oh so gross i really enjoy the shot of uh steve and clint as they're looking up at this thing and i just kind of want to see them go well we did our best <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's go yeah. <laughs> buy a drink <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think that happened to every city? Because we could just go to Baton Rouge. That's the line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you think that Quinjet still works? Because I'll bet we could get out of here before it hits. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, as the Leviathan comes down, again, we have to remember, as it comes through the, the portal, it's going straight down toward the planet. Like, it's falling, essentially. Yeah. But somehow it's floating, because of course it is. And it, it's very gentle in its, uh, in its arc as it comes down the front of Stark Tower, and then kind of does this dip, knocking the statue, like the top half of the statue, from the front of Grand Central Terminal. Uh, do either of you know what this statue is? Oh, Andy, I didn't know this was another statuary quiz. Oh, no. I didn't cram for the pop quiz. One of those classic statuary quizzes. 
Uh, it know. is the Glory of Commerce Sculptural Group, is what they call it. <laughs> the Glory of Commerce. <laughs> the Glory of Commerce. Jules uh, Felix Couton uh, designed it, and it is uh, right over the clock, which I will just say, it looks like it's about 11.25 in the a.m. as the time they're, they're doing this battle. Mm. This work is also known as Progress with Mental and Physical Force for Transportation. Those are the... Three, I don't know why it has three names for this particular statue, but it does. It was unveiled in 1914. So one year after it was destroyed here in the Battle of New York would have been its uh, centennial birthday. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Made it all the way from 1914. This stupid thing had to lay its kids on it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's the worst, man. So it's absolute worst. Uh, this thing was uh, carved in uh, Paris and then shipped to New York City. It includes representations of Minerva, Hercules, and Mercury on it. Mercury is right at the top in the center there. And he is the one who gets cut in half. So that's pretty mm-hmm. much uh, what happens to poor Mercury. I, I love what comes right after that because we get the introduction of uh, Iron Man back into the minute. And he flies parallel to the Leviathan, and I think that's a really cool shot. It's like one of those sort of Iron Man's right-arm GoPro shots going back over his shoulder. And uh, (laughs) I think it's very cool. Uh, I'm a fan. And he asks where Banner is, and... Leading question. uh Uh-huh. Chekhov's Mm -hmm. Banner is what we call that. (laughs) Yeah. You skipped right over one of uh, my favorite parts of this particular minute, though. <laughs> and it's and it's when, well, we're talking about all the Chitari leaping off on their umbilical cords. And we have a number of them leap off and into, there's in this building right next to, uh, or just south of Grand Central Terminal. Um, it is 120 Park Avenue. And what I love about this is that uh, on this particular, there's this patio view at about the 22nd through the 24th floors, and the Chitauri comes launching through the window into this place and immediately uh, grabs his gun and just starts shooting at all the people in there. It's just like, <laughs> no, you're going down, you damn accountants. Like, That's what I was wondering. Just, is that the law firm or is that the uh, labor, uh, the like temp Well, this company, is a different building. Or... This, is, this is across oh. the street from that one. This one, this is 120 Park Avenue, constructed in 1981. Um, it is uh, in 2008, so a few years before the film. It was purchased from Philip Morris, who had it up until then. And they let it out to Bloomberg, PMI, and Oracle. So those three companies make up the the bulk of this building. So one of those three companies is likely the one who just got invaded there. Well, I do want to say that in the West Coast, their January through June half, they had 308,766 questionable units, which is a 73% change leading into their July through December (laughs) uh, units. Yeah, you noticed the whiteboard in there, too. Yeah. I feel like we should do an accurate reporting of their performance in units. Right. I know. I'm wondering, like, which of these companies is reporting that way? I mean, yeah. that, it seems like a Bloomberg sort of it thing. It sure does. But then it would have been on a screen. Bloomberg is all screens. <laughs> this whiteboard, this is a consultant, another kind of consulting company. Maybe that's PMI. Probably. It's PMI. <laughs> 
Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> this is my question, though. Were they? Do they just have bad aim? I mean, I'm glad because the people got to run, but I'm like, what are they shooting at? A lot of drywall like, destruction. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's just like three shots, and the guy, one guy jumps over here, two other people go to the other direction. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, do they just have bad aim? Is it like just just pull out your gun, just start firing? Can you not see? Like, I don't know what I don't, like. I'm just like, what are they shooting at? It's just like destruction for destruction. Well, yeah, I mean, it because you might otherwise see them like looking to hold the planet hostage and maybe those were warning shots maybe that's what this guy didn't get the memo to kill everything and he just did warning shots i mean i would be like thank you dude because i'd be taking off like i'd be out the building but you know i'm just curious if they just like i don't know just weird like now that you point that out and you really focus on it's like okay took the drywall cool give me a minute to run then yeah so much drywall <laughs> there's some serious drywall there like those two people are buried That's under really drywall funny. There's so much dust and the funny the guy the guy on the left who actually runs uh, it's just like he's one of those runs as he runs out that you don't want to watch backward and forward because it, he is the funniest little uh way that he wobbles his body as he's yeah running with a little like he has like a folder or something in his head right. yeah. <laughs> exactly right. It's a real force majeure run is what he's got. He's like, I'll leave my family. Get me out of here. <laughs> exactly. That's so great. What's interesting about this Chitari is, you know, a lot of these Chitari, they have, um, as uh, as we've seen, they have those arm guns. It's already kind of like their arm is inside the, the gun. This one that comes into the building, his gun is on his back and he actually pulls it off and it actually flips open. It's an interesting, like, little flippy gun, the way that it kind of, I, I'm not exactly sure what it's doing but it like flips down and he grabs it and uses it to start shooting it's an interesting weapon design i'd love to kind of see it in a slower shot so i could actually figure out how that unfolding of it actually works uh comic question Mm. maybe not a comic question uh, do we know the uh, leviathan uh, was the leviathan at all ever uh comic based and follow-up question, it's pulsing with purple goo on its back and sides, down its flank, and I'm wondering if that is some sort of stone-related propulsion. The Leviathan didn't show up until uh, the comics around these films. Okay. So it was in, like, the Iron Man 3 prelude comic, Thor the Dark World prelude comic, the adaptation of this, and uh, Infinity War, Spider-Man Far From Home, Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow Prelude, I guess, probably featured some flashback scenes. But yeah, it was not something that had been around before uh, before this particular moment. Yeah, because I mean, at one point I was thinking maybe this is just the Chitari uh, version of the helicarrier. They just have these things floating around all the time and they just birth themselves from it all the time. But the second is, do you think <laughs> like, what do you think it's what do you think is propulsion? Because that, that question of of how it's floating and how it transitions from completely weightless in space to needing to have some agency in where it moves in Earth gravity is uh, it still uh, boggles my mind a little bit. So what's driving it, do you think? Is that because it's it's purple gooey energy? There's definitely something going on with it. But I don't know. It's an it's an interesting question because it definitely seems alive. Like we see the face of it. It is this biomechanical creature. I mean, the wiki, everything pretty much says that this thing was cybernetically augmented. And so it does make me go to um, I mean, geez, even just looking at something the recent like Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, 
looking at augmenting a creature to um, make it do more for you. It certainly seems in line with a lot of things that people are doing in in universe, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's almost like it notices it's not as destroying enough, so it gets more intentional. It's like, right now, I can just float and drop my kids off, but they're not doing <laughs> enough destruction. So let me crank it up a little bit and really crash to the center of this building and turn it up and not. You know, it's like it's almost sensing like it's not taking out enough people. It's not giving them enough drama, like as it continues throughout these shots that it's like, OK, all right. You avoided that. Like you got rid of them there. But I got you. I got something else. Exactly. I got I got more kids to drop off uptown. Yep, it's a lot of kids. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right, because what it does, uh, you know, they kind of watch it fly by and it turns. And by the time we see that, um, not the the shot where Iron Man's flying parallel to it that you like so much, Pete, but the first one that we see where it's almost like a long lens shot of watching it like swimming between a few buildings in the distance. Love it. Uh, it's, it's a great shot. We see Iron Man come in. But by this point, it has actually um, shifted. It's kind of done a uh, it's turned up a block and now it's actually flying um up um fifth avenue so it's kind of done a whole big turn as it kind of heads up fifth back up toward uh toward stark tower and that's that cool shot that we get you get to see the the uh the langham hotel at the very um beginning of that shot at about 41 seconds in Uh, by the time we cut to tony as he's uh flying parallel with it this is where we're really seeing kind of this destruction that it's doing is flying and it's wing, a wing flipper. Is it a flipper on a worm? <laughs> what would it, what would a worm have a wing or a flipper? <laughs> Appendage. I don't know. I don't know. Gross. <laughs> I'm just going to go with a metal. It's like it's flipper, but it slices through the top of a building. Like it yeah. literally, like you can see the glass bursting on our side of it as the flipper essentially like, you know, cuts the entire top of this building off. It's it's really interesting the way that they're just portraying like so much destruction in the city because of these things. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Well, and that leads to, uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead after my favorite shot. Then we get the shot of Loki and Thor on top and he says, look at this. Thor does and they, they, they look down and they see the city and it's just being pummeled. And that is another one of those kind of horrifying shots. The, oh my God, Avengers is going there, right? There's Because we know, we know what it looks like when a hole is blasted in a skyscraper. And Ugh, that, yeah. that this is, you know, by recreating that for sequences like this, I think is, um, you know, it's a, it's a risky endeavor to do this i think it plays off but but it it's risky ryan when when you saw this film did you have any thoughts about new york and kind of showing this sort of destruction on a massive scale in in new york city you know i didn't i think it's just i think you get wrapped up what i'm starting to notice and i think it's so interesting that you guys are pointing out these these aspects of the buildings and that it being in new york i think you get wrapped up with the you know the heroicness of it all like the superhero knows like you know it has to be big and destructive because the superheroes have to come in yeah. But you don't think about like when it freezes on an image like this, like what that means to some people. Like it could, you know, it could uh, invoke different thoughts, trigger people in different ways. But if you're coming as like, you know, just, a, you know, a Marvel fan, you know what you get out of these comics. You want to see it come to life. You want to see the production design match the height of, you know, the stakes of these heroes. 
I think it's more of where I was coming from. But now going back and look at it, when you kind of break it down, you're like, well, this is like seeing these these shots of New York is could be triggering to because of the way it looks like it looks like there's no hope. Like they're giving you that hopeless moment at a minute. Everything is on fire. Where are the Avengers at? They're all scattered around. You know, you got this continuous fight with Thor and and Loki. It's like nothing's being done. Like it just keeps like it's like it's getting worse. Yeah. It's like, when is it? When is it stop? So it kind of gives you that kind of hopeless feeling. You're like, okay, where are these heroes at? Like, what's going on right now? Yeah, it's it's interesting the way that they kind of craft it with all of this. You know, it's just it's a, it's a very destructive story. And you know, that I mean, your point I think makes a lot of sense because you know we're watching a, this superhero story and it's the Avengers, and so we need it to be a really big final confrontation because we have six heroes. We need to kind of match the size of six potential heroes right, and we take yeah. what we've seen them fighting in those first five films as far as the villains go and we need to amp that up to something that really requires six people to actually fight and so they so you know it's going to have to be big and destructive it's just um I, I don't know, so it's just one of those things and i suppose as another guest had pointed out there is this kind of resilience of new york sort of uh, vibe that tone that they kind of i think really are relying on in these stories to kind of keep beating New York up as they do. New York strong. Yep. Exactly. What's really great about that shot, Pete, right there uh, toward the end of this minute, about 55 seconds or so. If you look really closely, you can actually see Bruce on his moped coming up the road. You cannot. (laughs) Don't make me look. You're trolling right now. I'm totally trolling you, yes. Oh, man. (laughs) Man. I kept trying to stop it. I thought I was going to see it. That was the meanest thing you've done to us so far. (laughs) I would love it, though. If in the distance (laughs) that they actually just like, oh, let's be a little tiny I need to take five right now. I was just so into that moment. I I know. I need to take five. What's okay, but coming back to Thor and Loki, this isn't this is really Thor's plea to his brother to kind of stop this madness and look at what you're doing, all of this sort of stuff. Do you think that this will actually end with you ruling this place? What do you two think of the way we have an interesting shot right toward the end of this minute of Tom Hiddleston's face, of Loki as he's looking out on all of this? Is this like a moment of realization for him? I mean, how do you two read this look on his face? It's hard to go back. Now, I don't trust him. Now, I know, like, you know, with the the stories that come with Loki, this is why he's he's never been one of my favorite, like, Marvel characters because he's so, like, he's he can draw you in so easily with the whole, like, you know, we're family and I can do this and I believe this, but he he can so smoothly change and, like, be on the other side very quickly. And I, but I think when I first saw it, I was like, well, maybe because they're brothers, maybe he's gotten to, he's gotten through to him. Like maybe it worked. But if you know Loki, like his face is like, he can do a lot with his face where he, where he draws you in like, oh man, look at all this destruction I'm doing. But inside he's crafting his next move. He's like, I just got to get him off close enough for me, for me to keep going. Like he's still crafting his next move. So right now I just see like a face I don't trust. But before, I thought he was a good guy. I thought he could maybe turn around. I mean, you know, half New York is destroyed, but I thought he had a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know what I? Yeah, you know what I'll tell you. What I thought about just today as I was watching it again was this: uh, that I wonder if this and the next minute are the minutes where somebody of some authority at Marvel said, "I think we might have something with this Tom Hiddleston guy." 
Right. Ooh, yeah. 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 This is this is a turn for him. This is a performative turn where he doesn't look like a dope when he realizes that something is going on in the city that is maybe out of his control. This is like the first authentic minute of emotion that I feel like we get out of him. And it changes very abruptly, obviously, because that's Loki. But this minute, I think, is is performative excellence. I think he's I think Tom Hiddleston is is at the very top here. Yeah, it is such an interesting moment that we have this this moment between brothers as he it really does feel like he actually is listening to him for a moment and looking at what is happening and realizing yeah i'm gonna rule this place but i'm destroying it what is maybe i should rethink my strategy here and it's a it's a honestly like our our minute cuts out right in the middle of their conversation right after thor finishes his line and it's actually kind of a perfect moment to stop because we really get that view of Loki thinking about all of this. And then our next minute, of course, shifts it in a different direction. But no, it's good stuff. It's good yeah, stuff. It's great. Well, I think I think it's a good place to wrap this one up because we'll be back tomorrow to finish the conversation between Loki and Thor. So, uh, Ryan, tell everybody again about uh, Black Girl Nerds and what you all are up to over there. Yes, Black Girl Nerds on all social media platforms. Follow us on YouTube because we recently just started doing a recap. We got Little Mermaid by the time you watch this. So, you know, had a lot of fun with that. I'm a Fast X fan. I go pretty hard on that. So I did a <laughs> review on that. So 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 check that out. I'm, I'm a Fast and Furious fan. Would you be surprised? I mean, it's another transportation that sometimes doesn't stay on the ground. So definitely check me out for that review. <laughs> I bet you really went for it as soon as they started launching cars into space yeah. oh that yeah was I, oh, I yeah. was highly i was way too excited so if you want to <laughs> you guys want to see more about things that don't stand around and hear my commentary go check that out but yeah thank you guys again for having me it's been a pleasure awesome oh it's always so much fun well we'll be back tomorrow to talk with you about minute 108 so it should be fun then so thank you so much ryan and pete thanks as always tomorrow andy we get to see that asgardian shivs are really pretty nice <laughs> until next time true believers Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. <laughs>